The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Now, inside the Pirate Radio studio, here's your host, Troy Dreyfus. Great to be back with you for another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. Honored today to have a great friend in the studio, also a longtime Greenville resident, and was so well known to many folks throughout the community. He is we call him the proprietor of UBE, the University Book Exchange, which his father started back in the early 60s. He is Don Edwards joining us. Uh, not too far of a trip for Don today as our buildings are only about, uh, I would say, 10 to 15 feet apart at the closest point. Good to see you, Don. Welcome back to the Pirate Radio Studios and the Pirate Radio Podcast. Troy, it's, it's great to walk out the, the back door or the Evan Street door and walk the short distance over here. And I want to thank you very much for having me today. A lot of people it's know an honor. Well, a lot of people know you and know of UBE, but I really want to kind of dig down and, and, and learn some of the history of how you guys got started. And I know some of it, but I'd love to hear it in your own words that your dad, Jack Edwards, started UBE, I believe, in 1963. Now, back then it was called the Book Barn correct it was not ube that's right my dad actually joined the faculty of east carolina in the late 50s uh saw a need to create a college bookstore and in 1963 opened a traditional bookstore in the present black and kraken location which is the old bowlies for yeah, the folks old in my bowlies, generation black and kraken, right at the way. corner of uh fifth and cotanch so he, uh, he was working at the university. Working at the so, university. Huh, I could sell books to these he, kids. He became a, I guess I should call it, a professor in the business department. Okay. Taught management. And then he got a job of back then, uh, was called placement director. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, what is now known as career services. Is that right. right? Or does it have a new name? You know, the names change. And was doing that. And in the early 60s, started investigating, going into the college book business and opened a traditional bookstore and then put the textbooks within that bookstore and that was in a uh, 2,000 square foot location right on the corner of East 5th Street. How old was Don Edwards when that move was made? Don Edwards was 10 years old. So you remember this this then? uh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So your dad's opening up a new store. What was your first thoughts uh, back then? Well, it was a real interesting store, and and it had a lot of games and things like that. One of the things it did, it it sold Hallmark cards and sold uh, regular bestsellers and trade books. And it sold, had a big selection of games. And I remember, like, they had games like Monopoly and Life. And and I was excited about going down there and looking at, and, you know, uh, children's books. I was an avid reader at at a young age. And so I, I enjoyed the the children's books and some of the other stuff and i was excited about it people listening to us now obviously familiar with your current location will be familiar where the old book barn used to be which what we're talking about right now where bullies used to where the black and kraken was um but greenville was a very different place in the 60s oh no question there weren't that many stores back then right well there were a lot of stores in the uptown area or the downtown but they didn't call it uptown they called it okay and and uh fifth street was a booming place the campus corner was located. Kaufman's was here. Belk's was here. Brody's was here. It was all downtown. H.L. Hodges, the wonderful sporting goods store. Uh, the Snooty Fox. The there was no corner. mall back then. Yeah, the, uh, there, there were these strip centers even, didn't really exist. This even predated the, the Pitt Plaza. Yeah. Pitt Plaza came about maybe in 65-ish. 
and which uh, eventually turned into the Greenville Mall. So, so that when Pitt Plaza opened up, I don't even. I remember Penny's was the main store there. There was a grocery store there. Don't even remember the makeup of Pitt Plaza, and, but that really didn't do anything. Downtown still rolled until but, 1978, and what was the beginning of the end of downtown was was Carolina East Mall, ironically demolished now. Yeah. That was the, when they opened up the second mall. That was where people that began was when to leave. It, and then at that point, Brody's left. But the main thing, and, and of course, uh, we, we were engaged in the redevelopment of that building, but Belk's left. Yeah. Belk's left and Brody's left and Blunt Harvey's left all around 1978. That changed things dramatically. And we Just curious, really, what did Blunt Harvey sell? I've seen that sold, building all the time. Uh, I would go to shop at Blunt Harvey's with my mother. And remember being toted downtown with her to buy dungarees and dress pants and shirts. So Blunt Harvey's and Belks was where we bought our clothes. All right. So this was uh, the corner of Fifth and Cotanch. It was the hot spot. I mean, it was a great location. How did you guys? Secure, old, old how did your dad secure that location? Uh, well, here here was the interesting thing. My dad was a great salesman. If you can imagine, there was an old building where a gas station had been there. And it was an old corner. It was kind of diagonal building, the building. And he met a guy named Alec Dale from Richmond, Virginia, and actually talked him in to, to building a building for him. And, and I will say this, Troy, we didn't have any money. <laughs> and my dad had to talk him into building the building. He, he you know, it was kind of a risk. And I think the rent was like $200 a month. Things were so different back then. And that was a huge step to pay that kind of rent. And, and, that's, and then the building was he, – he built a 2,000-square-foot building. And uh, one of the things that was there for many years was Susie's Treehouse. I remember hearing about that. Owned by a guy named yeah. George Martin, whose father was a renowned professor, a geography professor. And, uh, but we stayed in that building from 63 to, to 72 and that's where we kind of got our start. And Talking it was to a lot of fun back in the day. Don Edwards, he is the now the local owner of UBE, the University Book Exchange. It's been in his family for what over sixty years now. Well, Close again, to it. The, the book barn started in '63, so so that would be uh, 57 years Getting ago. Getting close to 60. Yeah, 57 years ago. Um, and, and it's and, and look, people know anyone that's been in business. It's hard to have a local business and be able to survive six decades now. That's pretty impressive, Don. And, I mean, it's and, uh, it's no small feat. And Troy, I would have to say that we've been very fortunate and and almost lucky. We've had many, many colleagues that did a great job at what they did, but the the changing times just put them out of business. Yeah, They couldn't compete anymore. We've been lucky to be in the business we've been in, and particularly the, the more recent emphasis on licensed products. It's been a, it's a, been a wonderful run for us, and we, we're just grateful, I like to say this, to the incredible pirate nation that we have and all of our great supporters who have supported us throughout the years. I want to come back and talk about the modern day UBE, but right. a little bit more on the book born in history. So you're 10, it's just getting started. Uh, where you, where you're living in Greenville, where you li- are you guys in Lindale at that yeah. point? Does no, Lindale no. exist back we, then? Uh, Lindale came about probably in the mid-60s, I, I think. I mean, I'm not real sure of that. We lived right beside the university. We lived on Shady Lane. Shady Lane. Know Shady it well. Lane and yes. Maple Street, a, a great place to grow up. Could walk a right to neighborhood. campus. We, we walked to school. We went to Walcoats. As we called it, Walcoats Laboratory School. Laboratory? Uh, well, laboratory, oh. because it, it was kind of a lab for the university. 
Walcoats kind of served as yeah. a, a place for all the student <clears throat> teachers in the School of Education right on campus. Yeah. And, you know, then became, of course, right now, presently, the, the, uh, the what should I call it, the Department of Drama, part of the Fine Arts and Communications, but all of the theater and dance. Right. I'm sorry. That's what I was trying to come up with. It's where it is now. And we would have our chapel programs in McGinnis Auditorium. But we would walk to school right there. It was a wonderful time to grow up in Greenville. So you grew up in Greenville. Your dad starts the business. Was the success? Was the book born a success uh, right away? It, 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 Daddy always said it was a very pleasant way to not make any money. <laughs> <laughs> so he enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. and, and and he was right. I mean, people that are in small business and you have a small independent bookstore in a small town, and you know you just don't sell a lot. You know, was there fine. any uh, who was selling books no, back no, then? No, really, students? there was an old bookstore called ellington's it was owned by the smiley family you may people a lot of people recognize mm-hmm. wendell smiley there's he he kind of owned it and he had another store but but that was kind of it and again the book barn did well it was a hallmark store uh you know we had all the full line of hallmark hallmark kind of started going away from that to their own stores mm-hmm. i don't even know if there's still a hallmark store. i think there's are some yes yeah i, I can't keep up with that anymore but uh uh, we, we did you know we had a good business it's just we just never made much money out of it so daddy segued that into the textbook business he had originally got started in the auto supply business right in the bike post location mm-hmm. and in 1968 we expanded and moved the textbook operation so really ube as ube existed started in 1968 my first year of, of being involved I, I tell this to to my children i worked in the tobacco fields in 1968 worked priming tobacco uh it, you, everyone should do that to you know did, that they you did you can't even do that nowadays can you i, I do don't they know still Troy, do I, mean, I, I, I don't know i've talked to a lot of people that used to work in the tobacco fields <laughs> right. as kids you know that was their first jo- summer right. job and it teaches you a good work ethic right Don. and uh one of the things that was interesting that i think the the uh the my Bet, uh, my friends that were better baseball players than me, some names you know around town, were playing in the Teener League National Championship. I think they came in second. I don't think they won it. But I just remember those games were on the radio while we were priming tobacco, and I was 15, turning 16. That was the last year for all of the what is now called Babe Ruth League, and they were playing for the National Championship that year, and that was kind of a, a fun time. And the next year, which would have been 1969, was really my first. Uh, I had worked at UBE off and on in very small, you know, like cleanup jobs, whatever they might be, unpacking. But 1969 was my first engagement of uh, UBE to learn the business and knowing what I was doing. And so was that Troy, you? I, uh, quickly, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> 51 years ago. Was that you wanting to be in the business or was it dad saying, hey, I've uh, got something for you. I want you to work. Here's a job. Uh, I actually thought, and, and I, I hate to even bring this up. I think I've earned my rights, but I, I did go to UNC. I well, I was going to talk about broad, that. Broadcast. Was this after Was this after college? Well, I wanted to be, a, I thought I wanted to be a dentist, Troy. There were two problems with that. The first problem is chemistry. I'm, I'm not that good in, in chemistry in mm-hmm. the amount of study. But 
the the second problem is I have very bad hands. I mean, I'm a reasonably coordinated athlete, but I do not have – I would have been the world's worst dentist. And quite frankly, I'm so glad. But that's what I thought I wanted to do so for you, some So you reason. left Greenville, went to – for folks – and a lot of people already know this, but you did attend UNC undergrad. Right. And, and, and I went off, and just to say this, my freshman roommate was a very renowned and famous community guy, Bryant Kittrell. Mm-hmm. And we went off in the fall of 1970 – lived in teague dorm and uh, and you realized it was such a terrible experience you couldn't wait to come back to greenville and do something for the pirate nation no we we had a good experience but but what made so even then one of my great one of my fraternity brothers and guys that i admired so much was jeff jenkins leo's son and so what the the irony of it is is jeff jenkins who, who was four years older than i was he was actually his first year in nba school up there but he had been a fraternity brother and uh jeff and i were ecu fans <laughs> nobody could quite get that so you stayed we were at, ecu fans even at unc you you remained a pirate i, I, I was you know i did let, let's put it this way it really converted even more you know i had some ambivalence back in the 70s but as of 1974 it's been pirates all the way for 46 47 years yeah and it's just been wonderful and you know you look at ecu and you're you know we've we've you know as we all know we've had a lot of turmoil a lot of challenges but we all need to look back and reflect on where we've come from and what an amazing university asset this has been so you got out you graduated you decided to come back home come back to home. greenville was it something you really wanted to do or was it something no that it your was dad absolutely by the time i got through college there was a need for me to be in the business we, we were really having a, a lot of challenges and uh um, with being immodest here, we just buckled down. There's another guy, a guy named Tom Gardner, that worked with us. He was a who had actually gone to play football for Carolina, believe it or not, from Plymouth. Had left there, had served in Vietnam, and came back and finished his degree at East Carolina. And the two of us worked together for many, many years. He was very, very valuable and instrumental in uh, helping us get going. And we just had a a great time building UBE business, and it was it was wonderful, and it, it was a fun business and a challenging. So business. you came on board. You said in the late '60s. I, I came on board in the late '60s. Worked summer and other times in the early '70s. Graduated uh, on on time in '74, spring of, and began my full time career in May of 1974. So that would be what forty six years ago yeah. plus. So that's when you realized I could do this for. Uh, and, I could work and, here for a living. And enjoyed it. Yeah. And and we really we you know we we had a small business located right in the bike post location. Really interesting. One of the things that happened I was mentioning that Carolina East Mall, whereas it it Belk Tyler's moved out, it created an opportunity because UBE was able to move into the old Belk's building. And one of the things that was really instrumental for us, it gave us a quite a facility for an off-campus store. We would go around country, uh, around the country visiting off-campus stores and seek what kind of buildings they had. Mm-hmm. And they might be in a building, you know, the size of Pirate Radio. And so you're limited to, you know, 2,500 square feet. Uh, that, that portion, we ultimately ended up with 20,000 square feet. So, wow, that gave us a great opportunity to really have a good store. And 
how big is the store nowadays? It's twenty thousand. Twenty thousand to current yep. day. And you, when you started back in the early '60s, what was the square footage again? Well, the, the first the first start was we were selling textbooks in in two thousand square feet with a trade book store. So we got started small. Yeah, didn't seem that small to me as a as an, uh, a ten year old. But then we moved in to about five thousand square feet. Uh, in 68 so you we got started ub got started as a 5,000 square foot store which again was pretty good talking to don edwards on the pirate radio podcast he is the owner and operator of ube the ube is the world's largest provider of east carolina university merchandise to anybody so uh it's quite a title to have and all you got to do is walk in the store to realize that the business has changed on what started as the book barn and selling textbooks you still have that side of the business but as time has gone on as technology has changed the technology side the book side has diminished and the apparel side has really exploded and really kind of taken over when did that transition begin well that transition probably started actually in the early 90s uh, we still did it very well in the textbook business up until about five years ago. It's certainly fair to say, and this is sad, our whole private industry, college bookstore industry, does not exist. So it stores like, for folks that don't understand, independent operated stores like you guys have become fewer and far between. Like now, th- there might be a campus bookstore that's owned by the university itself on every campus, but the locally owned and operated bookstore are getting harder to find well or, or, or apparel i'm not with a lot of my involvement more in revitalization and you know historic preservation which is what you know personally i focused on with great leadership and management that you know well at ube not as hands-on as certainly as i used to be um i i wouldn't say that i know this for sure but i would say that there from probably a peak of 500 off-campus stores, never that many nationally, you know, 10 in a state maybe, Mm -hmm. or or maybe even less. All of those have turned into either, most of them are out of business, but most others have just segued themselves into a spirit shop. The, the college textbook business. They're not even in the textbooks no, they're, business they're anymore. There's just, it's just not, a, and, and that is not too far from us. We're still doing it. We have a great staff, and because we have such a good, talented, hardworking group, we're still hanging in there with it. Yeah. But it is not anything like it used to be. And, and, and again, it, it how can you complain, though, Troy, in, in a world that we live in, to have a 50 uh, well, if you get back to really starting in, in we well, Dad opened the, the book barn in 63, started putting textbooks in about 65. That's 55 years ago, and we're still at it. So yeah. how can you complain? And the spirit part that you talk about is the apparel. It's all the fan gear. It's the sweatshirts, the hats, the stickers, all, you know, the koozies, all that stuff. The Even that's getting harder and harder, as you know, Don, in this t- COVID times that we're living in. Uh, that, that shut down. You were you guys were closed for a period of time. Uh, some folks are still a little hesitant to right. go out, maybe in public and shop. Although you guys have done a great job at the store, making people feel comfortable. Uh, you have the online component where people has become bigger and bigger, as we've all seen. Right. But um, when there's sports, you know, you lose a baseball season. That brings a lot of people, especially for ECU. There was no ECU baseball this year, right. very limited anyway. I right. uh, didn't get to finish the season. Uh, might have hosted a regional. You know what that means uh, for a store like yours. Uh, lost a, a game like Marshall to open up this season. You know what that means. I, I've been down there 
where the atmosphere on a game day or before a game day is incredible at UBE. That's a place people gather. They want to go. They want to kind of soak it in. Uh, how hard has it been this year not having those things? Well, Troy, we'll say this. We, we've had 50 great years, so it's, it's maybe okay to have a year that's this not so great. And this year has been enormously challenging. However, you know, we're very conservative. We've, we've poured everything back in to, to either our, our business or either our, our area, just like being, quite frankly, your landlord. We've put it all, all back into revitalization. I'm very, you know, East Carolina's going to be here. Things things will, I think, be more challenging in certainly a lot of ways in the future. But there are three or four more things that are getting ready to happen in the uptown area that are going to continue to make it a lot better for us. If I, I can elaborate on sure. those. So first Absolutely. of all, as we all know, uh, the hotel has finally, we've been working on that. You know, I, I was like a broken record. I can say that. I've personally worked on that as primarily a volunteer to put, help put people to serve as the liaison guy. I, I've, I, I'll be candid. I've kind of always been the liaison guy between hotel developers and the city mm-hmm. and the university for years uh, and, and failed <laughs> to get a hotel here for many years. We've been talking about this for 25 years. Right. You would look at ECU and say, whoa, wait a second. I've actually never been to a university, the, the comprehensive nature and the size of East Carolina, without a hotel within walking distance. It just didn't happen that way. It's okay. Things happen. We now have one. Well, it's, it's been eight, approved. I, I can, you know, it's not out of the ground yet, right? right. But this, this is you, a situation. You have one coming, I guess. We, we, we do say. feel like there's very unlikely that, that you know, with all the we've met the people that are doing it. They're great ECU people. They care about Greenville. This is going to be a wonderful hotel built right in the heart of the city. Yeah, for folks that don't know, it has been approved. Uh, yes. It's City Council, it's public information. It's on Evan Street. It's really across from Uptown Brewing Company. That'll be a great help Um, to Billy Dunn. Yeah, so how many many rooms are there? I think it's 90. Uh, I, and I've heard, Don, that's not the only hotel that's being well, planned. Well, there, there are others that are trying to downtown. be put together. You know, there's the university site, there's the Dickinson site, and then there's potential for a boutique hotel and some renovated prop, multiple sites. But it looks like this one is ahead of the game, and we just have to see how all that plays out. I, I think Uptown could support two. I'm not sure it could support any more than that. And we just kind of have to see, and maybe that'll just work out that a second one gets established. But we do really feel that this one is is a done deal finally, and can be excited about it. But uh, we think, and again, I think it's you know certainly going to be coming out of the ground, and I think about six months. Talking to Don Edwards from UBE, the story of UBE, how it got started, what's going on with it now, and we'll take a look into the future too. But uh, Don, just curious, what you guys sell how many items? Do you even know how many items you sell at UBE? I was walking back there with Chad the other day, and I had a chance. You know, I, I'm like a de facto uh, free employee. You have, uh, you know, I just want. I, I act like I'm management over there, but I don't know what I'm doing. But I get, I, I see sometimes behind the scenes, and it right. is stunning the amount of inventory you guys have. Like it, it just, if a regular person just goes on the floor and, and you oh, you almost have three levels of stuff. You know, you've got the upper deck level for all the kids stores. Right. You've got the, below that. And, and then you've got a whole, you've got like three stores in one right. in essence. Um, but I was in the, I don't know if you call it the warehouse or the storage area. 
and it's it's a whole other store down there. I'm like, holy mackerel. Well, a lot of that is supplyingpowerware.com. We're yeah, really it's incredible. Where are we going with that? About what a good job we've done to. But how many how many items do you guys stock, Troy? I have no idea. Now I could have found that answer before you and and brought that in. I know, but see, you. I knew I, you wouldn't know, and I, I want know. people to know that you don't know that your staff does a great job of keeping <laughs> yes, track. Of I, I, I don't know that. <laughs> and, and I, I, I would have been that. stunned if you said, Troy, we have three thousand two hundred and fifty one. <laughs> skew numbers <laughs> well i can find that out and if you'd like for me to call that in i'll, I'll right. next time I here's call another in. question you're probably not going to be able to answer and in, in all fairness i should have given you this ahead of time or at least asked yvonne who probably could have uh right. answered it but what is your most popular item i don't know time? that either <laughs> and uh well i i think actually uh lately it's been a pirate mask yeah you know what you can't keep those in stock can you but you know that's they're, a, they're that's a fluid the thing, show. and there's yeah. been a lot of things that have been that have. Uh, Next uh, year, you may not need those know, items, but sometimes it's a decal. I've yeah. always said sometimes it's a, a shirt, a, a particular T-shirt. But, it depends uh, on the season, it, but it absolutely. I didn't know depends. if there's one item that stands the and test of time. I could have provided you with both of those <laughs> answers. There are I, some I, things that stand, like a, a, a sweatshirt that I've seen that I remember when I got here in '89. Mm-hmm. You guys were selling, and now you're selling them again. The champion gray sweatshirt with just East Carolina you know, it's on funny, it. Funny the, the different know, products. What's come full circle? We're so proud. And Champion has has been a, a line that when we first started, one of the very few products they had the big heavy reverse weave Champion gray sweatshirts with yep. the block letters. It's one of my first purchases. Those, those were you saw them in every campus. You, you've seen them with Duke. You've seen them with UNC. You've seen them with Harvard. You've seen them everywhere. And the reverse weave and and we sold that product Champion and, and that was about it a few other some gym shorts but now champion i think is our top line right it's now. made a comeback yeah it's made a huge comeback and people like the champion logo they yeah. just like what it's champion it's a good word yeah and uh it's it's a great product and we've we've gone with that and it's been very successful i've noticed that what i call the bar hat has made a comeback it was the first ecu hat i ever bought it said ecu it had the lines above and below it and, and then it said east carolina university and, underneath and it I, you're still selling those talk today about how long if my memory is serving me correctly i think it was pat die that wore that hat and made the bar cap what it was he yeah. was the it was the coach's cap and then he had it and everybody had to have it and, and that was you know again you know you look at pat die recently passed away he became our coach 47 years ago maybe 74 i think was his first year what are your 46. favorite memories don when you think back so many times and you know you've raised your family now with you just like you grew up with your dad mm-hmm. starting the book born what became ube you've raised your kids mm-hmm in the ube culture they're now part of it with you uh at least a, a couple of them are right uh with you working the tradition continues there what are your favorite memories of, of ube as you look back past the you know Troy, 40 I, 50 years i think in almost the majority of the cases for all of our fans that have been around a while the the 91 season is still stands out is you know right much higher for me as a memory than anything else we connected with an old football player, a guy named Earl Clary, who played football. He was a kicker. He was about five eight, weighed about. He just you wouldn't even have thought he was a football player. He was in the packaging business in Greensboro. He created a saber, yeah, out of foam. Mm-hmm. We worked with Earl right off the bat. He had a wonderful personality. He was so fun to work with, and and again, the memories were great. You kind of brought those to um, you. I remember I was a student back in '91. Everybody had a saber. Were we, you guys the one that started yeah, that? We started that. We bought the foam saber 
for a dollar mm-hmm. from Earl Cleary. We sold the foam saver. Saber. Saber. Yeah. Did, did I say that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Saber for two dollars. Mm-hmm. We gave a dollar to the pirate club. Hmm. So we made no money off of it. It was fun. Right. And I you think, sold a ton of them. I if I remember correctly, I think it was almost twenty thousand. Wow. And it was in and at the Pittsburgh game, which still whatever reason, my favorite game of all time is the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Also it was incredible. Even in the Peach, it, yeah. And Jeff Blake. And and I love you know you love Jeff Charles what a what a great talent Jeff is yeah. you think wow he's been around I can still remember some of Jeff's calls oh, during yeah. that season and even his exact words he's in he's in two points you know yeah and when Jeff Blake made that two point conversion for me it was like the end of the Longest Yard movie where everything was in slow motion yeah it, it just <laughs> was surreal and then the fans and they were all with those sabers. Yeah. That that made us tied us in in a way that we could t- be very proud, and there was nothing like that feeling, that game, and that is by far the greatest memory. That is just a spectacular memory that I would cherish. The whole season was amazing. Yeah, but, but that that game, you're right, and I've said this before, and it, it, with the younger generation that wasn't obviously even born in the '91 season that's here now, is students and stuff. No amount of work, I can never explain how special that season and really that game that moment don was like to ecu and and if you were there no i I can never really explain it but if you were there no amount of words need to explain like i your common your feeling towards that is the exact same feeling i have it was almost like you were in a movie in many ways i know it sounds crazy right but it it was and when you said things seemed like time almost slowed down i remember when he jeff went in for that two-point conversion and I was in the student section. Back then, the student section was at the 50-yard line. Right. And the place was packed. Right. And it was still to this day, and I think it, Dowdy, uh, it was Ficklin Stadium back then. It only held 34,000, 35,000. We, we it was a record. Upper, we didn't have the upper deck then. Didn't have the upper deck. Didn't have the end zone. The, we had the, uh, but it was still to this day the most electric atmosphere I've ever been at in that stadium. Right. Stadiums have been bigger. It's never been louder. I, I would have to say it, it was the most electric atmosphere I've ever been Period. In. But when he went in, I remember because I was looking down towards the, you know, where the Murphy Center, or I guess Minji's right. is, and the when everyone cheered, it was like I call it like the fumes when you're pumping gas, and it right. distorts like the horizon because you see the fumes coming out of the tank. That's what happened in the crowd. I think everybody yelled at the same time it, it, it almost distorted the horizon like it was just great i just i'll never get that visual out of my well, head and and then one of the things that we should also remember and, and you remember because we we have such a history of somehow letting the other team score with four seconds to go <laughs> and i think brad van pelt do you think that's right was the quarterback for for, I'd have for to look Pittsburgh? That up, I, I, I might I'm, I'm remembering that name but I'm, i actually may have that wrong and he was really good and the next thing we knew, he was throwing a pass down there. Oh, yeah, almost, they were at the half, We were one point ahead. Yeah, and they were at like, the 50-yard line. Yeah, they were yeah. just going down. It was like, oh, my God, are they going to be it, able to somehow – same thing at the Peach Bowl. Yeah. You know, they missed the field goal. It, it, it was like – but at least they were going for the tie. You, right. You know, that was a – going for the tie made me – They not, deserve to lose. Well, I know that. But still, going <laughs> for the tie just didn't – is nearly is not as 
you're not as scared as if they're going for the win, Troy. Yeah. And I just remember they that tie would have felt like a loss. And and I think they downed the ball and ran out of the clock, ran out when they were like now 35, and it was like, oh, thank goodness. It was incredible. Uh, There's been very few celebrations like that after, uh, and that that game should have been on ABC. It should have been a national game back then. ECU. Uh, was ranked number 23 in the country back then. Pittsburgh was ranked number 20. So it was a top 25 matchup. ABC had considered picking it up uh, and ended up not doing it. It would have been one of the most incredible, you know, that was before the you know where every game's on you know that was long before those days so it would have been a special deal to have that game on, on and, and you know TV. Troy we, we've also had so many other other great memories and and uh, particularly in football and, and baseball uh, but uh, right now we we haven't really had any memories we hadn't made many memories lately and <laughs> we're still I, accepting so opportunities of, for new memories Don. and and we are you know I, I'm so hopeful with the you know people say. And I know we're here to talk about UBE, but you got to feel that, uh, particularly with our coaches, you know, most people think we have the best coaching staff collectively we've ever ha- had, and, and I certainly agree with that. So, I, so better days ahead. One of the things I've always harped on, Don, since I've had a microphone and pirate radio, is I've always thought I've always thought we could do a better job of recognizing our history mm-hmm. at ECU, and especially our collective sports history, and. Mm-hmm. I know there's been some things done, and many people share that belief with me. And the, the university's done a better job over time trying to uh, display, and, and, and I still think there's more that could be done. But I want to say this I've never said that when I walk in UBE. I've never said, gee, I wish UBE would recognize things and accomplishments ECU has done. I actually held UBE up as the model to say, how come our campus bookstore? does a better job of recognizing the history and the tradition of these athletic program better than the university does. And you guys have done an amazing job over the years of former players and athletes and moments mm-hmm. and bowl games. Uh, it's all over the store. Right. If, if someone doesn't know anything about East Carolina, if they shop at UBE, they get a history lesson while they're there too, Don. Right. Well, Troy, thank you very much for saying that. But I do want to uh, defend the university and say that, boy, they've stepped their game up in recent years. And when I go into the – I always notice it when I go to the basketball games and go in the lobby. I, it's I gotten think, better. I, 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 said, I yeah. think they've dramatically improved and, right. and are doing a good job. I, I know, but I, I, I said it's gotten better. But I think UBE is really taking it to the next level. Well, thank you. So the, who, how did y'all decide to do that? You know, you've got the steps, you've got the ring of honor, you've got all the well, bowl just, games, you've got every player that's ever been in a Super well, Bowl. Again, one of the, the fun things about, uh, about our business is we would go to a lot of away games. And, of course, every time we'd go to the away game, we'd, we'd take a look at the bookstores there. And, and I will say this immodestly again, that I, I don't think there is a private bookstore in the entire nation that is is as good as ube from a lot of ways uh our support back in the community is is second to none the atmosphere is second to none and and the most important thing is our people are great yeah the people we have working for us are just fabulous and they are who have made ube and we've had wonderful wonderful people uh one thing i'd like to add about ecu this really neat thing we would have when we would have our book rush we'd have representatives from throughout the nation come to us like with a nebraska book company or a russell athletic Mm -hmm. and sometimes those people would work our store 
as to be a good salesperson, game day, or book rush. Mm-hmm. And they always commented on our students. And they always said, we got some great students here. And those great students, I have to be careful by saying this, they had a, a, a work, worth, work ethic and a humility to them and a graciousness to them. Not so much as they found out at some of our other more famous universities. So I don't like to say things negative, but I, I, I'll at least say that. So anyway, but we, we learned by about, like, for example, our steps. We copied that from Penn State. Mm-hmm. We had a guy we knew at Penn State that had a bookstore. I actually have never seen those steps. I only heard about them. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to do what Norm Brown does. He put all the names, the players' names. He had a split level. We, we found that there. Yeah. So we've picked up. We've, we've stolen Borrowed a lot some of good ideas. ideas. Yeah. We love our football field. Yeah, that's the, really the, cool, the, by the way. The main thing about our football, Troy, is both you and I can run the 40 on our football field in under three seconds. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> we still have to time it. Uh, it looks great. You guys have done an amazing job. What's the future uh, You know, now, as we say, getting close to, if you include the book born, you know, getting close to 60 years in, in the business as a family business, Don? Mm-hmm. What is the future of UBE? You know, Troy, that's a, a very good question. Uh, in in this world, sometimes you can't look too far out because everything changes so fast. So we'll look for the next five to ten years, and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to continue to emphasize we think we can have a great spirit shop, and that really will be the crux of our business. We're going to continue to do some more interesting I'll call them boneyard items to try to create more of a maybe a, a local mass general store feel without being the same thing. And, you know, we're going to continue to really work hard to expand our online business. We don't like that. We, we like people. We like a game day experience. We like an in-store experience. But quite frankly, Troy, it's fair to say that maybe somewhat time very soon, more than half of our business will be online. Wow. That's, I was getting ready to just, ask you. you know, if That's you, just if, the way it is, and, and that's what will happen. I remember when you guys started, we were like, well, we just feel like we need to be there, and it's a you know small percentage of our business, but that's it's becoming bigger and bigger. Well, and especially early in this day on, and age. we recognized we needed to be online. And I don't know that we did, you know, I think we, we probably have done a better job with customer service in the store and if we haven't done as good as we should have, it might have been that we, we haven't really exploited our online opportunities. And that might be a, a fault of the owner of the store, me. As we all know, Troy, I have trouble with technology from time to time. But particularly you, saying that, I got to give you credit, Don. You you do adapt. You you can't teach that old dog a new trick. You it, I was, Before we started the podcast, I heard this buzzing and I'm like, what is this buzzing noise? And Don's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's my Apple watch. I, now, you didn't know how to stop it from buzzing, but I was impressed you had an Apple watch, Don. Like I'm like, I don't have an Apple watch. This is impressive. And this is from the guy I remember when you first got your first smartphone. Who helped you show a few things to you around do you remember that you did troy but you were among the many people i need to say that it wasn't you know i needed help that's how desperate you were you were asking me for help on your smartphone which i was able to provide you help it's just other now i've got to ask my kids help you know for stuff but uh no you you've adapted to the times don i mean i think you've stayed current well you know we've got a staff of young people and a staff of of people so we we're you know we've really stepped up the the pirateware.com and we've been very successful and it's been uh, We'd have been lost without it for these last three, four yeah, months. It, it's no you know, many times 
the pirate wear sales were, were higher than the in-store sales that that never happened prior to that i talked to some ube insiders and they said of course you know anyone that's been down here you know you got the front of the store on cotant street the back of the store kind of shares a parking lot with us in many ways here at pirate radio right. on evans street uh so a lot of people may actually enter through evans that come through the the back side of the store someone said uh, have you ever thought about that ube parking lot have you ever noticed something about it i'm like well i, I noticed people kind of go the wrong way a lot they said yeah well it's it's laid out backwards <laughs> have you ever thought about that don who who laid out the uh parking lot actually troy i haven't ever thought about that <laughs> so so i guess so, it, someone told me that don laid the parking lot out well, backwards because he's left-handed well, that could be it there's a little ube trivia for that's, you that's right yeah so i'm not still exactly sure what you mean by this laid out so we, well i guess where you turn in you kind of you, you should would turn in the first, first one go, instead yeah, of the second yeah, one yeah i guess that's right yeah so. but either way it still works I, but. i'm not sure why that did that but it was see just, we're trying to find something but, to pick on you and, and don's you, so perfect we do yeah, that's all we could find yeah, right but <laughs> i think it was designed by uh, an architect um there was some professional design work down there yeah. right? so i don't know you hey look did what they it's said. parking it's free and it's uh, very close to the store, right. so it's good, uh, which is valuable here downtown. Right. Absolutely. Not everybody has, has the we're, we're access you guys our, have. Our parking lot Multiple parking lots, we too. We continue to want it to be a more of a pedestrian. Um, we want to increase the pedestrian vitality, and we're we're – we're doing that until COVID uh, hit. So it's been that's been a real challenge. How many more years does Don Edwards uh, continue to grind at UB? Is this something you're kind of you know? Is it time to pass the torch, so to speak? Or the, the, the torch has certainly been passed, Troy. In a lot of ways, you know, we have a fabulous staff. UB is is I'm less involved with in both uh, real estate uh, part of our business, uh, the adaptive reuse, the historic preservation, and the retail, both of which are kind of equal now in size. And uh, I, I've really taken a lot more time off. Uh, I, as I said, when you've worked somewhere 51 years, yeah. I, I've got to be reasonably old now. <laughs> Although healthy. <laughs> and uh, But I'll, I'll be around and, and uh, looking forward to taking, you know, just enjoying a uh, uh, a, a great business that honestly Troy might be a little bit downsized from where it used to be, but that's okay. We we will see. We'll, yeah. You know, we, that's not what we want. We've we've got some challenges that are going to make it difficult. Game day is going to be a little different this year, and, and and none of us have ever seen game days like this where they're telling fans you can't tailgate, don't come to the game at least for this first one. Well, uh, so it's a you know obviously that's a that's a challenge. Well, one of the things you know, Troy, you've had some informal discussions. Uh, we really want to work with the university to really promote the sale of licensed products. It's something that could really help us if we really got together and, you know, I think, wow, if we've got 100,000 in our fan base, I, I don't know. What do you we, – we, we've been talking about the size of our fan base of, of potential people. You know, I think we have almost 150,000 alumni, living alumni by now. But you, you've got to realize, even with all universities, many of those people are not, not connected anymore. Correct. And, you know, if we could find a way to grow – I mean, I wear a licensed product every day, and if we could get more of our our fans supporting that and doing that, it it really could make a difference. It could be a big impact, and not only that, it's fun and exciting. Cannot tell you the many times I've been out and traveled, and I wear an ECU shirt. It's a connectivity. Sure. And a lot of times I'll meet somebody that I know, 
or know of or know somebody I know. There's always, you know, you know that seven degrees of separation. So it, it's fun. So wearing licensed products is exciting and a great way to support the university without with with a transfer of dollars you got to buy clothes anyway don't you it's a good point (laughs) most people do (laughs) that's right so why not support local why not support your university you have a big closet there ube of nice licensed merchandise that's right uh don you've taken something that your dad started you've really turned it into a dynasty uh and the edwards family i mean it's it's incredible what you guys have built and it is recognized throughout the the country in your industry is really kind of the shining star of uh, a locally owned and operated bookstore, spirit store uh, of what can be done. And, and even with the size of East Carolina, let's be honest, it's not Penn State here. It's not Michigan. It's not Alabama. So you've been able to, but your store rivals those type of stores uh, at those schools and, and those universities. Um, what what would you be doing if it wasn't, you know, if, if you weren't doing UBE, if your dad had never started the book barn and you didn't get the fever and start working there and then become management and i assume like many things you started you're at the bottom and worked your way up uh when, when you started what would don edwards be doing if it wasn't ube well, well Troy, for the past I, 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 four I, I, years and i'm already doing it so i'm, I'm not I mean, now i mean what yeah, would you be doing I, if I'm, you weren't I'm, give, I, i've certainly enjoyed uh adaptive reuse of historic buildings and renovation in real estate so, so I, you I think i would real have gotten side. into that yeah and I, I love people but I, I I do do that anyway. So, yeah. So so it's been the best of both worlds. I, I don't I don't know. What yeah. It'd be so you'd doing. be real estate, Don Edwards. Well, and yeah. and then another thing that I've I've talked about and even considered, uh, I, I I love economic development. I love that aspect of things. Uh, you know, the new alliance is gives us a wonderful opportunity to move forward. These things are so difficult, and so many times they have to do with relationships and working together and. I, I think I could have done something like that, mainly from the from uh, being somebody that helps bring people together. Yeah, I'm usually good at liking everybody. Yeah, uh, and and sometimes I can be outspoken and critical, but not usually. It's usually I want to be positive about most everything. So, yeah. so I may have gotten into some type of economic development job. Yeah. I say a lot of people talk the talk, but uh, you have always walked the walk. You put your money where your mouth is. You've invested in the community. And and look, those things, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, Don's done this for this or that. I'm like, no, Don's taking a risk. There's no guarantees on any of the things that you've done. You've made investments. Some have worked out. Some haven't. Um, But That's that's definitely true. But I I think, you know, a lot of people see the the wins, but they don't know about the losses. But it, it, it. it's always a risk, but yeah, I've always said, hey, Don believes in Greenville and in right. downtown and has made a difference in this community. And for that, we're grateful. Well, thank you very much. And lastly, on that, again, I mentioned the hotel. There's a couple of more big projects. And I think, you know, like I think, you know, Uptown was a two. We've taken it to a five. I mean, that's where I view it. And boy, we need to take it to about an eight. And we've got a few things that are happening. It's, it's just real unfortunate the some of the issues have happened recently that have stalled that project. But those issues will be over, and we'll be back on the right track soon. Don, it's been great uh, hearing some of the stories from the early days of UBE and the Bookborn. I, I got to meet your dad and knew him well, uh, Jack Edwards. And I will always say this, one of the absolute night. Now, you're a nice guy. <laughs> But Don is like an ill hornet compared to Jack Edwards. He is the absolute nicest guy I've ever met. 
And I've met a lot of nice people. I don't know any. And the, here's the crazy thing, Don. I've never met anyone that's ha- ever had a bad thing to say about Jack your father. Like they never said, well, he, you know, he screwed me over here or he said this to me here. Like, I don't know how he lived his life so great, but he everyone that ever came in contact with him had left uh, with a positive feeling towards him. Well, one of the reasons he was so happy was because he was married to my mother. Rachel, who is also <laughs> even the second he, prob- so, so, one but, and one A when it but, comes to the nice business. The one thing that Daddy the two things about him, he had more fun than anybody I've ever known in his life. He probably didn't have the money people thought, and so what, right? He, he was enormously successful in, in every way and probably not as financially successful as some people might have thought he was. But because, rich in the ways because, that matter. Because, and he had so much fun. And he, he rich did, in life. And, and his attitude was, was positive, just yeah. unbelievable enthusiasm and positive and, and just sheer happiness. That's who he was. Yeah. And uh, he, he said one time, he said, Don, I've – I'm 65, but I really have lived to be 130 because I've had twice as much fun as everybody else. <laughs> That's just a typical quote of the kind of stuff that he always said. Yeah, he was a great person, and uh, your mom too. So you you were blessed to have such wonderful parents. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of really compared to them. I'm I'm kind of a not that great, you know. <laughs> well, it's hard. You know, it's hard to. <laughs> the some some uh, what do they say? Some. Some hurdles are just too high to, to jump, Tom. <laughs> yeah, but you've done right. pretty good, so I we're going to give you we're going to give you high marks too. But uh, thank you for being on the Pirate Radio podcast with us today. It's been great talking with you and sharing this with our audience. And uh, that is another edition of our Pirate Radio podcast for Don Edwards. I'm Troy Dreyfus. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.